What's up, everybody, and welcome to another Boardroom Out of Office podcast. Here, as always, with my man Gianni. Gianni, what number is this? Uh, 24. 24. We need a player. Give me a quick player. We're in 24. I mean, one of the greatest to ever do it, Mr. Kobe Bryant. That's what's up. Respect. You know what? After last week being MJ show, this week being Kobe show, let's stop. Let's just stop now. You down? I'm down. All right. So um, incredible guest. This next guest made me a hot item in my own home, and you will understand why soon. Coming up now, I have listed here 18-year-old Gen Z celebrity phenom. That's, but you know what? We're going we're gonna to come up with a whole better title with our guest. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome my new friend, Josh Richards, to the show. Josh, what's up, bro? Nothing much. Thank you for having me on, man. Of course, man. I t- so you heard what I said, and I already talked to you about this the first time we spoke. Um, I didn't realize I'd ever be this dude, but my kids are now getting a little older, so I, I use the currency of our newfound friendship, and my kids think I'm as cool as it could get now, so I appreciate that. Hey, no problem. I, I really, I only do social media to, to help dads reach there. With their- <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, well, you nailed it then, man. You're a huge success, man. Perfect. Um, the title, 18-year-old Gen Z celebrity phenom, whack. I don't want to keep that. So if you're in an elevator with somebody that's not in touch, but they know you're something, and they ask you what you do, what do you say? I, I would just call myself an entrepreneur and then explain to them how I use social media to give me a boost or give me that like step up from all the other entrepreneurs that don't have social media. I like that. I mean, an entrepreneur is definitely the right description for you. I think some people use it a bit too freely. Um, I think you have to carry that title with you. You're young, but you clearly have an entrepreneurial mind. And I knew that from the first time we spoke. The whole kind of premise of this show is Gianni and I have been working together for a year. I feel like I've known him forever. We're 20 years apart, but we share a lot of similar kind of tastes and styles, and then we completely disagree on some. And then when we started working together, we would go to meetings and he would come with me. We'd meet with people from all walks of life and we'd have these incredible, or at least we thought incredible conversations that we wanted people to listen in on. And the, the boardroom is based in sports, but it's about business and culture. And your story is different from most of our guests in that you're 18. And a lot of times the guests we're talking to are telling us these like moments that happened to them at 18 and what they decided to do at 18. But for you, it's not about your trajectory as much about where you are now and probably how quickly this happened. So I read also that you said at 13, you got pretty active on social media, right? When you started it, like most kids your age, I'm sure you were doing it just for fun. But at what point when you were doing this for fun, did you start to get that like light switch moment that as an entrepreneur, there was a business here? Yeah, I mean, for me, the weird thing is, is it was always about a business. Like I never started doing social media for just the fact of like, oh, I'm going to post videos of me lip syncing. Like I hopped on Musical.ly for the first time after I saw a video I did with my sister on my sister's account blew up. Like she just asked me to get in a video. I got in it with her. It did really well. A lot of people were asking what my account was. And I was like, all right, I'll start one. I was like an athletic kid. So I always was playing sports. So I was very competitive and I was, it was the start of the summer. It was 2016. And I was like, all right, by the end of the summer, if I don't have 10,000 followers, I'm quitting. I'm not going to do it. But if I hit that 10K, 
then I will, I will continue. So instantly I had my sister going through and like targeting certain, uh, like audiences and she would go through and then follow and unfollow and like, like a bunch of their posts. And like, it was so that they would then see my account. They would come over to my account. I was going right to the customers that I actually wanted because I knew musically wasn't doing as well. Um, at the moment it was kind of on its downfall and this was before TikTok acquired it. Um, so I had her going to this leaderboard list that was actually given back in musically and it was called the top gifters or the top donators. So the people that paid the most. Um, and I knew those were the audience or those were like the customers I wanted. Right. So I had my sister hired on a 15% commission based salary and she would go in and then do these follows and unfollows, get them all to pretty much come over to my account. I would have them following me. And then when I would go live, I would become one of the top like three donated to live streamers with only 90,000 followers where everyone else on the platform who had like 7 million, 8 million, 9 million were looking at me like, how the hell is this kid making all this money? So I always looked at it as business right from the get go. So that's amazing. So you had, you had, you, how, is your sister older than you? Uh, she's a year younger. You're younger than you. And you grew up in Canada, right? Where in Canada? Uh, outside of Toronto, like really small town. So you, did you want to be a hockey player as a kid or who? Oh, yeah. Anything? Yeah, that was the dream. I was like, I was committed. I was going to go to the NHL. I was in my garage doing like 500, 1,000 shots a day. I was, I was ready, but you know, didn't work out. Yeah. It's all good though. But you were not, I mean, you obviously, I know right when you said that you gave your sister who's a year older, I think you said you're younger than you, 15%. You're younger, 15% commission. You obviously, hockey or no hockey, you had that born entrepreneur inside. So even right there, your first instinct to do that deal with your sister, were your parents aware at that point? Because obviously the thing with TikTok and Musical.ly before it, I have like a, I go back and forth. Obviously I'm on social media. I've uh, been on social media for years, um, as active as any 20-year-old at times, any teenager at times, and right. that could be bad and good, but my business lives there, and staying in touch and, and, and understanding what's going on in the culture of sports and business, I have to, right? No, 100%. So from that standpoint, I understand that it's tough for me to say to my kids, put your phone down, put your phone down, put your phone down, because right. I have it. However, it can be addicting, it can be distracting and it could be dangerous. So at your age, when you're moving fast and you're in Toronto, you want to be a hockey player one day, what are your parents thinking now about like, you're probably dancing with your shirt off and shit in front of the TV or in front of the phone all day. What do they think about what's happening? Um, so they've always been super supportive of me because I've been doing little business like ventures or little ideas I always had since I was really young. Like I was, a 10 year old kid that would have one day a lemonade stand, the next day a car wash set up, the next day I'm picking weeds in someone's lawn, then I have a dog walking business like the next day that I'm doing. Like I was always trying to find ways to make money and it, it kept evolving. Like eventually I had a hockey shirt company where I was doing all like slogans and chirps and just like the slang of hockey. I was putting it on t shirts and selling it to local teams and then like wrecking my parents' basement with dying lacrosse mesh and like getting dye going everywhere. So they were used to these little, I guess, business ideas. So they, they just supported it right off the bat. So do you agree with me though that like, okay, so they're supportive of you as a business, but what don't parents know 
that they're scared about that they shouldn't be scared about. You know what I mean? Like, what would you say to a parent that says that's not making a business of it? Who's looking at their kid dancing in front of TikTok and how dangerous it could be at a young age? Right. Well, I was 14 years old. Like, my first year of high school was the first year I was allowed to have, like, unmonitored screen time is what my parents would call it. So, like, I've always said, like, when I'm an adult, I'm not letting my kid – I'm going to do the same exact rules. Like, they get home. I would get 30 minutes of screens, whatever it was. If it was my phone, TV, I got 30 minutes. And then after that, it would be, like, 4 o'clock usually in the day because, you know, come home from school at 3.30. Then it was outside. Like, they didn't care what I did. My parents were just like, go outside. Like, get out of the house go down the street, go to a friend's house, do something just like you're not allowed to be inside and just watch TV all day. So I think that's what also made me a little bit more creative and able to think on the spot because I'm not always just watching something in front of me and have TV telling me what to do or have, you know, social media telling me what's right and what's wrong. I got to make those like decisions myself and I made mistakes myself. So I don't know. I think that it's definitely a dangerous thing to be on your phone all long. And I've been on my brother even about that. Like my younger brother, I think goes on TV too long. And when I was back home for Christmas, I was like, dude, like you have headphones in 24 seven. How's that possible? How are you listening to anyone? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, that's pretty amazing. I think parents are going to probably want to know that more than anything, that somebody that's made a career of this to date at 18, a very successful career is also saying you don't have to be on this 24 hours a day. It's actually probably detrimental to you know, the experience and that even your parents, for someone that you would think probably lived on it, the way gamers live playing games, right. about, you know, yeah. for you, you had a balance, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like, yeah, just like I said, I think the balance helped me. Like, I think it allowed me to put more creative things in my videos and know what people that want to just see like vlogs, stuff that goes on in everyday life. Like if you just watch TV, it, all the time you wouldn't even know what to put in those vlogs you never go and experience real life so it's, it's kind of like it's needed i think facts i don't want to talk to you about you know the content or the creativity behind some of your videos so you told me how you and your sisters got your followers like you got yeah. these backdoor algorithms or know how to reach which followers to reach out to but what are you posting that these people are donating to okay okay so yeah Back then, um, when there was like those donations, which there still are to this day, it's on TikTok, it, it was a live stream. So you would go live um, on your account, just like an Instagram live or a Twitch live stream. And you would just try to find a way to entertain people. Like with TikTok, there's not a set thing you do when you go live like there is with Twitch. Like you go live and you game. Just it depends on which game you like, right? Where on TikTok, you kind of go and you're just talking to your fans. You're reading comments. You're you might be playing a game with someone like beside you, or you might be live streaming while you're swimming at the pool or something, but that's where they go and donate to. And they're actually donating real money to you, right? They're donating because they're enjoying the experience. They're paying like somebody would be paying a ticket to an event, but it's happening live. And then that was the first kind of revenue generating vertical of what you were building, correct? Yeah, that's the first time I started realizing I can make money is when I was making it off of those live streams. So to Gianni's thing, so like now that I know the experience, like when you went at this, were you thinking like, all right, cool, let me look at the landscape. Like obviously you had those different practices and tools in terms of like how to spread 
you know, your audience and how to build your audience. But in terms of the actual content, like, did you think consciously like, okay, this is what I am. Like, this is who I am. Or did you just like, oh, turn the camera on and be Josh Richards? So for a while, it was a little bit of just me turning on the camera and I would post whatever I wanted. I was just like doing my own thing. I would turn on the live stream. I would just act like myself, talk to people, goof around, do whatever. And then I signed to a manager very, very early, um, which I shouldn't have done because like this guy had no idea what he was doing. And also I didn't really know what I was doing. So I thought that I needed a manager. Um, so there was like this scummy guy, wasn't really, ex wasn't experienced at all in the space, like said he was. And then when I signed to him, that's when I stopped kind of having like creative control over what I did. At that point, it ended up being, okay, here's your character. This is who Josh Richards is. This is what you got to post. This is what content you're allowed. This is what you can't say. This is what you can't do. You're not allowed to have a girlfriend. You're not like, then it became like, I literally wasn't Josh Richards anymore. So eventually fa I found that it, that was hurting me more than helping me. And I fired him went on a tour in summer of 2019 that he wasn't letting me go on. That's why I ended up like firing him. And that's when my career really started to take off because I started being myself again. Like I was posting whatever I wanted, what I felt was authentic to me. And that's when I started noticing people actually like attaching on to Josh Richards or like really becoming a fan um, to like extreme amounts with like these fan pages and people being diehards. So that was, that was kind of where that went. So that's summer 19, you're 18 now. So you were, at that point, was it a foregone conclusion that you weren't going to college or, or did you say to your parents, let me think about school on hold for a second? So at that point, it was, it was in discussion what we were gonna do. I think that my parents saw that I was making good money so I could support myself and they also saw my mindset behind it. It wasn't like, I want to go to LA and be an idiot, do nothing and party. It was, these are my plans. I want to go and start this company. I want to build out a management branch. I want to have Sway House. I want to have an energy drink. You know what I mean? Like, and so because they saw that, they were a lot more accepting of like the idea of not going to college. See, I said this like a few weeks ago. We had Gary V on, uh, and Gary said something in like an interview I'd read, and I got on him a bit about him saying that like he doesn't want to interview anybody that went to college. <laughs> Sometimes he looks at like resumes, and he's like, "If you went to college, you know, you're not who I want to hire." I, you know, I while I disagree with that, I do think that the time of um, you know parents turning the other cheek to that completely are fading slowly because of the amount of successful entrepreneurs from big tech from athletes now with you know social media as a platform that can launch a career at such a young age if my yeah. kids if my kids come to me with a real business plan at 17 18 and i can see through the bullshit um i'm gonna be supportive of it so your parents saw that plan and they supported it and then for you was it like all systems go then uh, yeah, it was pretty much all right, 12th year of high school. Let's do online. Uh, let's stop focusing so much on that path and start focusing on like the social media and the business and getting that all going. So that's kind of what I did. And then, yeah, now like I'm not going to college. 
Um, so that was a big decision. I mean, my dad's a math teacher. He teaches calculus in the 12th grade and like is the head of the math department. And then my mom's a speech pathologist. So they're both people that like really believed in the college route from the beginning and were like super on me being like a lawyer. That's what they thought I was going to do. So it, it was definitely a, a different, uh, different journey that I took, but they're supportive. So awesome yeah but you sound you they knew you knew what you were talking about so like i yeah. as a parent i could imagine they just said they they get it so you're 18 now tell me today tell me the landscape of your business tell me everything you got give me the highlights and let's dive into it a bit yeah so um i already mentioned we had, the first thing like came out to la started a management company because the tours i went on in 2019 uh they ended up ripping me off I, I saw my friends getting ripped off. The tour made over a million dollars. I got paid like $750 flat, like less than a thousand out of this million. It was ridiculous. It was like the craziest thing ever. What was the tour? Like, how did they get to a million dollars? What was the experience? Um, pretty much it was a meet and greet tour. That was it. That was you it. went, you, you met us in line. There was like a little show after where we went on stage for 30 minutes and talked and answered questions. And then that was the whole thing. Yeah, meet and greet. You guys, you guys are, it's like any pop star, meet and greet at a mall, meet and greet at a store. Um, yep. So you got 750 of it. You were getting screwed over, obviously. Yeah. So that's when we started Talent X, the management, because I met Michael Gruen and I was like, look, I hate my friends getting ripped off. I hate that I'm getting ripped off. I hate that there is no one like supporting creators in the social media space. Like, the agencies at that point weren't signing creators. There wasn't like WMME and UTA and CAA coming in and signing like people like Charlie or Noah or uh, Dixie and Addison like that, that didn't happen. So there wasn't like an actor's union. Like, you know what I mean? There was no one protecting them. So that's what I was trying to do. And we built out talent X then came after that, like the sway house. Then Bryce and I were filming YouTube videos a lot together. We noticed that, we were starting to set a trend with like this shotgunning Red Bull and shotgunning energy drinks because we were trying to establish that we have a lot of energy in our videos and we're like high energy people. And so then we started our energy drink, Annie Energy. Um, and then since that, we started, I started focusing really heavy on the equity plays and more filling that like long-term bucket because it, it so many creators are focused on the now and like that quick ten thousand dollar brand deal or thirty thousand dollar pay to post and it just it always ends up like becoming nothing so then we acquired like uh, a large amount of dog for dog which is a dog food company with snoop dog and um a piece of ellen's company unhide trailer became chief strategy officer there um and then got into angel investing within the last three months. And I've just been investing in a bunch of companies that I see fit. Man, that's an incredible resume for somebody of your age, for somebody <laughs> of any age. Let's talk about one thing in particular to start. Um, I want to go through a few of those. But the Sway House um, and that whole kind of like collective. Gianni, are you familiar with the Sway House at all? I've heard of it, but I don't know who's in there or what exactly from hearing about it from you, it sounds like a house filled of creators. 
so yeah, Josh, talk us through the Sway House a bit. I, I hear about it again from my kids. I've looked into it now. I got some fresh merch from you the other day. That blanket is fire. Thank you. Tell me about the Sway House and how that kind of came about. And because when I see it and answer this part of the question, when I see you guys a bit um, and the and the girls that are kind of within your crew, like Charlie D'Amelio, who who's the other one? Addison Ray. Yep. These relationships, are these relationships authentic or are these relationships um did they start as part of like the the shtick a bit and have turned into these authentic relationships? So for Sway House, the reason Sway House I actually think did so well and kind of outlasted all the other houses um, is because of how authentic it was right off the bat. I came to LA uh, after that tour in 2019. I was with Jaden, uh, who's another Sway member, and then uh, Anthony, who's another one, and we were we were in LA together and. I knew Bryce Hall a little bit, but not so well. And so I just DM'd him and I was like, yo, you want to chill? I'm with my friends. Like, can we pull up to the house? And he said, yes. We went there. We all met each other. We started filming TikToks together and posting. And then just slowly we became really good friends. Like we started partying together and like inviting whatever people over to the house to hang out. Uh, me, Anthony and Jaden stayed at Bryce's for like three weeks, slept there, pretty much bummed on his couch. Um, and then we had the idea of talent X cause I talked to Michael Gruen and then with that came the sway house idea. We were like, we're all living together pretty much in LA anyways, sleeping on some guy's couch. So why not just get like, make this more official, have a name for it, create a content house. And that's where sway came. So we were already all friends before it even started. And that's the group of guys or that's all of you, the girls and the crew and everyone. That's the group of guys. It's solely just me. Jaden Hostler, Anthony Reeves, Griffin Johnson, Bryce Hall, Noah Beck, Blake Gray is kind of who's in the group right now. And then uh, Keo was in it for a little bit and then is just in a different house now. And then Vinny Hacker was in it for a little bit as well. Yo, it's like a mob, yo. Yeah, facts. And, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I'm sure everybody who follows the Sway House, they got their favorites. They got their little oh, yeah. reasons for why they gravitate towards certain people. Well, everyone's so different too. Like Jaden's, Jaden's a full-blown rock star. The guy signed to Travis Barker, DTA, and is making like crazy music. And then Anthony is like a very modely fashion oriented guy. Um, we have Quentin Griggs as well, who's like the youngest one. So Quentin's the young guy. So like some of the younger girls like him. And then he's also very like punk rock. And it's like everyone's got their own vibe to them. And you're the Mark Cuban of the crew. Sure. Yeah. The, I don't know. Business guy. Yeah. Better than Mark Cuban. Cause I mean, I bet Mark Cuban was pulling no chicks at 18. And Listen, I'm sure we're all huge Shark Tank fans. That's why I just threw that in there. <laughs> I bet. Um, and then the girls, how did you guys meet this like uh, group of girls, your contemporaries that are also like the apple of every teenage girl's eye? Yeah. So, um, Addison, we met her pretty early actually. Like she came to Bryce's that summer that I first met Bryce as well. Uh, that's when she kind of like just started social media and everything like that. Um, so her and Bryce kind of started like hanging out. They're the ones that are together. They've been hanging out forever. And then Charlie was in a different house. She was in something called the Hype House with this like other group of people. So I don't really know what the story is with them. Yeah. Oh, shoot. 
that felt like a yeah it felt like we got a little heat right there (laughs) nah nah it's not i mean it used to be really bad it used to be like like the biggest drum on the internet was like hype house versus sway house oh shit like it was crazy like trending on twitter for like four days in a row like every youtube video youtubers were making videos about it just like making like what like talking about what the fuck was going on wow and yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy for a little bit. But now it's all like no one cares. No yeah. one's really beefing. Everyone's kind of over it. So Hype House is in the East Coast or something? Nah, they're in LA too. Oh, I thought maybe it was still East Coast, West Coast or something. Nah, 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 nah. It's not like an <laughs> East Coast, West Coast thing. And tell me if you do you know do you know what Beverly Hills nine oh two and oh is? You ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah, the show. Okay, so when I was growing up, like the characters in the show, who they were dating and who they weren't dating and like if somebody had got with someone and broke up with someone, you had to wait till like the next season. Your friends and the girls in your crew and you're in sixth grade, you're talking about these characters and their love lives. I noticed that like I hear that chatter about all of you guys. Are you cognizant of that? Like very similar to how like Sync and Britney and, and Christina Aguilera, like during that time period, the way they gossiped about everybody's comings and goings. Are you guys aware of that side of it? We're definitely, we all know about it because we see it, right? Like we see the fan pages most posts, uh, I guess, content. Like the content the fan pages post the most is when we're with a significant other. You know what I'm saying? Like if any of us are with our girlfriends or like a girl, if we're not dating someone, like they're just going to start shipping us or they're going to start going crazy on posts, start making these speculations about like who's dating who, what's going on. So we know it happens. And then some people decide to play with it and like use it to benefit themselves. And some people don't. It just like really depends. All right, let's move into Triller because I thought it was really cool that you, um, well, I kind of read some mixed things. Like in one hand, it said that you like left TikTok for Triller and then became the chief strategy officer, et cetera. But you didn't leave TikTok. You, you had some concerns about it, correct? And then you did this deal with Triller. Yeah, so pretty much uh, with TikTok and all the security threats that were going on, that was all in the media forever. Um, we were looking at, all right, how do we move our audience, one, to a place that's safe? Cause that's like the most important thing. And then two, how do we hedge our bets if TikTok is getting, you know, taken down or deleted or whatever was going to happen. So we started looking around. We were first thinking, I suggested, I was like, why don't we just make our own app? And then we started looking at that. We started talking to founders. We knew we've started talking to like some dev teams. And then when we were talking to Brock Pierce, who is like a mentor of mine, um, he was, talking about Triller and how he like knew the people over there. So then we got on the phones with them about just acquiring a part of the company. And as we talked more and more with them, we found they were really like forward thinking and about the creator. So we decided to uh, partner up with them and, and acquire part of their company. That's really dope. So, so you're still on TikTok though. You're just like strategically using that platform and Instagram to push over to Triller, right? To push to Triller. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll, I'll repost my trailers either on those platforms or I'll do like, we have different campaign days where we'll like push everyone in the Sway House pushes a bunch of people uh, or all our TikTok followers over to trailers. So we just find different uh, strategies to 
to be able to do it. I could imagine that like, maybe not for someone like you who's so level-headed and understands business and seems to understand perspective way ahead of your years. I could imagine like the Hype House and some of these other people were like running around screaming in circles thinking that TikTok was going to get shut down because that quickly you realize that like you relied so much on this. So much on one platform. That's why you got to be diverse. That's why like you got it. That's why I have a podcast, right? Like I have a podcast with Dave Portnoy, who's over at Barstool, which is like a total different audience. And then I push all my TikTok followers to my Instagram. And then I have all my, uh, all my social media platforms pushing my YouTube at the same time. And then like, you can't just stick to one spot or else you're going to get burned. So no, for sure. And you, I mean, and you're doing this already. I will say though, one of the things I thought about and your manager, Michael Gruen is a G Gianni, you'd love this guy. I mean, I've only really talked to him on social media and the phone, but like the way his mind thinks and the way he's treating all of his talent and not thinking of it as an opportunity, but trying to build business and to hear what it is that they want to do. It's rare for a young manager like that. Um, so it's smart, all the things you're doing, but do you ever worry that you're doing too much right now? Because you do have a lot of things happening. And while I'm supportive of a ton of different things at one time, you do have to be cognizant of like finishing your breakfast on a few of them <laughs> and mastering it. You know what I mean? So, um, no, 100%. So the podcast with um, Portnoy is once a week. So that seems manageable, but how are you with handling all of this stuff that you have in place right now? Yeah, so... I get asked that actually a lot it, about like, do you feel like you do too much? It, are you overworking yourself? Do you take on too many projects? And what I've done is one, I've found I can always make time for like one more little thing. And I'm really good at also only taking on the things that are going to be important to me. I just do a lot of important things. And like, I got lightning in the bottle right now. I, I'm a social media influencer. And if you look at every single social media influencer, ever their careers are very short like the lifespan of a social media's career is probably like two years three years average i wouldn't even say it lasts that long and then you get the really big stars that last a while like david dobrik has been around for a while the paul brothers have been around for a while but a lot of them still haven't been able to do anything with what they have or they haven't done stuff that's going to necessarily set them up for life so I just feel like with the opportunity I have, if I'm not giving 100% and putting 100% into everything, then like I'm kind of wasting uh, my, I guess, my shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, first of all, I mean, I think you're smart for thinking that way. Um, you know, in, in sports, that's like the oldest adage, right? That like the idea that these athletes go broke so quick, whereas I actually think that's changed quite a bit. I know sometimes it's reported differently, but... I think athletes and young athletes are very astute business minds because of the past. Um, yeah, of course. You seem like you know that. So, you know, probably won't come back to bite you. And again, you have an energy drink. You have, um, you know, like the Dave Portnoy pod. I also saw you want to be a recording artist or you signed a record deal. Or is that just, um, is that part of the ecosystem? Are you really passionate about being a singer or is that not real? Um, so what happened there is it's kind of funny actually, but I did a diss track on a kid in the hype house. So yeah, the back when there was the beef, the big beef that was going on, I made a, a diss track with a roommate of mine named Bryce and it got like 40 million views on YouTube. 
and it got over 20 million streams on Spotify and like another 20 on Apple Music. So uh, that's that record deal was for diss tracks. Ooh, what's the beef? Ooh, that's the hype house sway beef. That's what he's talking about. The, the hype versus sway. I mean, it's a really like old story and I'm kind of completely over it now, but pretty much I was friends with a kid and he tried to get with my girlfriend at the time. What else are you going to fight about at 16? I mean, there's nothing else to fight about. Yeah, it's like it's like the most obvious like 17-year-old beef that there could be. Yep. So It's always about that. It's always about that. Yeah, man. it's always about a girl. It's the most typical shit. So are you going to make more diss tracks, though? That's not like a business model. Um, I mean, I, I like making diss tracks just because what? they're fun. <laughs> like, I like to just stir the shit a little bit every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I have a podcast with Dave Portnoy. He's like the perfect professional most professional shit stir i think out there um but no like they're they're fun to do and they the first one did really well and like they obviously make a lot of money when they get streams like that on spotify or youtube or apple music so maybe i should make a diss record g should we make a boardroom diss record <laughs> oh rich and kd versus lebron and math that nah, y'all stop that's we stop i was talking about like going after forbes money like i'm, I'm talking about like boardroom versus forbes money man listen you planted a seed all right grown into a flower nah, they, <laughs> that's our those are our friends that's our real real life friends this is uh this is this diss track me and you are gonna write is just to stir up some fake beef g there we go let me ask you another question. You mentioned um, like backup plan, right? Or like feeling like it's lightning in the bottle. When you saw what happened, and I don't want to talk politics with you. I try very hard to separate these things for this hour listen. But let me talk to you about like when you see the censorship, which, you know, being a liberal, I agree with. I wanted those people taken off social platforms. But do you worry about the future of social media when you see something like that like does that resonate with you because of so much of your business or at least so much of your peers business relying on social media do you mean the fact that like i could get taken off of social media essentially well yeah i mean and just like how this culture like cancel culture like how how you live in the center of something that right like, well well one i don't even know like what cancel culture is at this point it's so confusing to me because half the time i'll see people get canceled and then it's over like the smallest thing ever like the littlest thing or they were making a joke or it's something from like 10 years ago and then it doesn't like it, it or like a little thing will cancel them and it wrecks their whole career right like they're they're done like or like what happened to kevin hart like absolutely like smash couldn't do any of like the presenting that he wanted to do the hosting or whatever um and then I see people who will like do something real fucked up. Like they will actually mess up really, really, really bad and it'll get posted everywhere and people will cancel them. And then like two months goes down the line and they're fine. Like, cause they're like a good looking person versus like not, or because they just went silent on social media for two, three, four weeks. And then everyone starts saying like, Oh, where'd they go? Instead of like focusing on the drama and then they just like come back and it's like fine. Like there's just like, it's such a weird culture that I, I don't even know if it's like real or not at this point. I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah, no, no. I, listen, I think that uncertainty is what, you know, it, not for me because I don't live in the public eye like that, but for someone like you. That's, that's what's worrisome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I just try to be very authentic and show like everything. So then at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm like, eight, I'm only 18 or when I was 17, I would like kind of 
not openly just say it to be or try to sound cool or be like a douchebag, but I would like show little clips of me drinking in vlogs or I would show like, you know what I mean? That I would go to parties, and then no one could say, oh, this kid's doing like that. That's bad. Look at what Josh should do. No one could say that about me anymore, which they still would about other kids. And those kids would get canceled for it. But I, I can't because I showed it. It's a part of my, it's a part of my image. Right. So I, that's just kind of this, the one thing I did to almost protect myself a little bit is just post really who I am post really what I do. Like, even when it's not always the best, I guess, influence, it's more for like entertaining, right? Like I'm more of an entertainer, I would say, than an influencer at points. But um, yeah, that, that, that was my one strategy. But again, yeah, it's super worrisome. It's a weird culture for sure. Yeah, but you know what I'll tell you to your Kevin Hart point, and I guess this this uh, this benefits you, um, is, is that the people that deserve to be canceled end up getting canceled, which means that they were probably hiding some other bullshit demons. And when you see something like Kevin Hart, like, yeah, he had a tough moment for a second, but it went away. Exactly. Yeah, because people know at the end of the day, he's not like what that one joke was 10 years ago, right? Like people aren't holding him to that. And I agree with you that I think at the end of the day, like karma just, it works out, right? Like the people that shouldn't be in the spotlight end up something happens to them. And then the people that should, they make a comeback. So I believe in that too. I believe that a lot of people at the end of the day, they might see a post and like think, oh, this person's evil or this person's bad because they said that one thing. But then after like two weeks, they kind of get like, you know, a cool head or they stepped away from the situation. They're able to say, all right, is this really that bad? Has this person changed? Like, let me see what they're up to now. You know what I mean? Like people are able to make those decisions. No, that's good. I mean, listen, man, I'm asking you this from a business perspective, but also because I do like you and I do think that like, not that you would listen to me or that Michael, your manager, isn't already covering this with you, but the the idea that you're aware of it and you're aware of it and your understanding of like the perception of how quick most social media person personalities come and go, while you're not that, you're aware of it. And just being aware of it is like it's always in the back of your mind. You're conscious of how you treat people. You never probably get too big for your britches, et cetera. I don't even know if that's the right saying. I always mess that saying up. Um <laughs> um are your parents are your parents happy with your success now do they see it like do they get it can i ask you an awkward question yeah do you are, do you have the most money in your family yeah i do so that can get interesting right so how's everything now i mean my family i'm just blessed like i'm honestly blessed as like to more than i think most people are just because of my family not because of like money or not because of like the fact that i'm in la in like a mansion it's really just because of like because i have a lot of friends that are in mansions too right like all the people that live with me or the other sway house or the hype house but i know a lot of those kids too like their home life isn't great and i'm really lucky to the point where like my family is a pretty like they're a small town family they're all just about love and like being together and spending time together so they've never really like looked at it and tried to like seize an opportunity to make money off me which i know a lot of the times happens like if it's rappers or if it's sports athletes if it's social media creators when like some parents see money they'll just kind of like try to take it from their kids but my parents have always just been like if anything they just make jokes about it like we'll just joke around together so it's been it's been awesome that's cool. I and mean, you know what? And more than rappers and athletes, actually probably less rappers and athletes and more of these like Hollywood, 
like uh, child stars and you know the pop stars. Yeah, the child stars you always see. You always see parents getting involved in like trying to either get them to do like more commercials or trying to get them to do like a family something. It's weird. So weird. But you know why everything's chill in your house, Gianni? I'm going to give you one guess. You know what? I'm not even going to put you on the spot. It's because you're Canadian, bro. <laughs> people, people, from, people from Canada are just dope. They have flavor. They are creative. They're kind. They're just dope. I mean, I can't speak for everyone in Canada, but think about how much. No, nah, 100%. The talent that's come out of Canada. I mean, the two of the biggest stars in the world right now, Weekend and Drake, Canadian. Raptors won the chip. Even though KD was hurt, they won the chip. Um Yep, they did. Yep. Taking fat dubs always. Not this year though. This year they're going freaking one and six to start. They're two and seven right now. Bro, it's so devastating. It's literally the worst yeah, start to one a and season six. since like what, two thousand nine or something like that. Yeah, but you you know you guys won a chip a few years ago. I mean, the idea that uh, the Toronto Raptors won a chip and so many of these NBA teams. Yeah, I guess. You yeah, know what I mean. yeah. Come on, be right, appreciative right. of your chip. I'll, I'll take shit. the one chip. Plus, you know, you know what happened. You know what happened in Game Five of that series, right? Kevin Durant got hurt. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I was cheering. I was like, yes, just because I know he's so good, bro. Not for the downfall of the player. I think Katie's great. Probably Josh. the most ta- one of the most talented players. But I couldn't. You guys were going to beat us probably if KD was in that game. You were that guy. You were one of those people that got had to make an apology the next day. Yeah, I was one of those guys that had to go out on Twitter and be like, actually, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't obviously want KD to be hurt. I don't actually want that. I just want Toronto to win finally for one year. That's all. All right, bro. I can't say I understand, but I, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> so la- last question, um, and then – and then we'll let you go. You probably have some shit to conquer in LA today. Um, right. Maybe like a few Shirley videos to film. So <laughs> who, who's a role model? Who do, you, who do you look at and you say, okay, that's where I want to see myself at some point? Right. Um, I mean, people that have been role models like, or I've looked up to, like Mark Wahlberg is a big one. I've always looked up to him just because of how versatile he's, he is. I think that he's done a really good job of starting somewhere where people kind of like, he was doing like runway models with like Calvin Klein, right? And he was he was kind of like that pretty boy, which a lot of people try to throw me in that category as well from TikTok. Like, oh, you're the kid that dances with his shirt off. And it's like, it's funny to make jokes about, but now I'm moving to like, you know, the entrepreneurial world. Like he, Mark moved into, you know, singing and then he did his acting and then he, he owns restaurant. Like he, he's done so many things to expand that portfolio of his. And I just find that really respectable. I, I got to tell you, and Gianni, I saw you nod your head. Mark Wahlberg was the perfect answer. Like, I can't even have thought of a better example, but he's an entrepreneur. Like you said, he went through this kind of perception and stereotype as a kid. Did you get pissed then when I made that joke early on about dancing with your shirt off? Yeah, that- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I make jokes about it too. So it's like, it's fine because I love like laughing at stuff. I've always been someone that just like makes fun of things or people or myself so i don't really care now um is there an athlete that you'd love to work with i mean i think that you know M- the nba and nba stars are the biggest stars in the world what do you think um is like the potential for what you could potentially do with athletes or the world of sports you see anything there oh 100 that's where I, i'm trying to pivot a lot of my career right now like into that sports world just because like i said at the start like when i was first doing entrepreneurial uh 
like ventures or little business tasks when I was a kid. Like it was a hockey business. It was a lacrosse business. It was one was like a skimboarding. It was always like athletic things or trying to, you know, go out and do stuff. So just recently with even like my blog content, I've been like going to San Diego lacrosse team or filming with PK Subban, an NHL player, or always just trying to do things to involve sports. That's dope, man. You think we could do something together? Maybe do some uh, some boardroom content for us? I have to ask. I mean, yeah, probably. Why not? Right, G? Like, we, all right, I'll hit Michael. Yeah, why not? I'll hit Michael. I don't want you know. I want to respect the process, man. Respect the process. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Before before you go, I do want to ask you this because I know a lot of creators in your position they use their platform to levitate to really reach that ultimate goal. Like, for example, you brought up David Dobrik. I know his dream is to be like a talk show host like Ellen and he's yet to fulfill that. So I'm wondering, is there's like a real benchmark for you that you're trying to see? Um, for me, I see like a little bit, like there's two different like roads with that. One is like on the entrepreneurial side and then one is on the entertainment side. So someone I actually look at who's done a really good job at both is Dave Portnoy. Like I think Dave has done such a good job at kind of like, he has his own social media conglomerate. He has his own like bar stool network that just pushes everything like crazy, which is something like I would want to have. And then he's also done a good job of growing that into a real company that's going to be able to exit and is worth a lot of money. So um, I think on the entertainment side to just continue posting and be able to kind of, if that's like interviewing, moving into interviewing like sports people, doing like comedy interviews, or if that's having these series shows like I, I don't know if you guys saw or know of like Shaq's versus series that he did where he would just go up against different athletes like always doing things like that in the entertainment side and then for the business side like I said like grow, keep growing out these companies that I have and continue to invest alright bro well listen man this was um, different I think this was as special though as me sitting and talking to the CEO of Goldman Sachs and I mean that because the influence that your generation and what you're doing on social media and how it's impacting people it's been a phenomenon of sorts and you guys have made incredible business but what you do with it now and how you impact the bigger media landscape and the world um, is really exciting and you have the whole world in front of you man thank you man Thank you. Um, all right, so we got to stay connected, though. You know I can't. I mean, you got to keep me hot in these streets with my with my girls and everybody. So. Oh, yeah. I'll keep you connected to the youth. Yeah, keep me connected, my G. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Keep killing, and we will catch you soon. Hey, thank you, guys. 